Christ the King Sunday. So it's hard for me to even think about next week being Advent because that's like, what? So let's live in, let's live in the moment today. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, today, this last Sunday, uh, the end of the year, right? We've got to ask as Christians, where is all this going, right? Now's our day. We've got to figure it out. Where is all this going, right? It's a fair question. So our hope, right, lives in two places, and we're, we're sort of dancing around that conversation this morning, right? Our hope, first fold, is, is here, uh, right, on earth, this moment here, God's activity in the world here and now, right, that no matter what's going on, uh, we might confess as believers that we believe that God is at work in the world currently, right? And then twofold, right, the second half is that this is all going somewhere, right, that, that uh, heaven and earth, right, there's, there's, uh, there's something more going on here. There's a becoming, uh, right? We were talking about sort of the C.S. Lewis language, right, further up, further in, onward and upward, right? And so uh, the eschaton, the, re the resurrection, uh, right, the kingdom of heaven finally setting up on earth, right? Any, uh, any skaters in the room? Any skaters? Am I right? I love, that, uh, I, I love that skating rinks have made a comeback. It's pretty much my favorite thing about 2022. And all the little girls or all the kids are trying to have their birthday parties at the skating rink. And, like, and I, I don't know if it's because of Stranger Things or why we're doing all this, but you know, it's like all the 80s vibes because if you go to a skating rink anywhere around Nashville, they have not changed. Uh, you know, and so I know the skating rink in Columbia where I grew up closed and it's like super just like ugh, they didn't make it because there's a solid two decades there where skating was not cool anymore. <laughs> and anyway, and a few of them eked through and they're on the other side now. Uh, you, yeah, well, they've already, they've already made it into like uh, something lame. Yeah, probably a church. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, but like all the walls are still the same and there's like random colors and carpet just going up the, the sides of the walls and all those things. Uh, and so... Anyway, but I, but I love, uh, I love skating rinks, and you know, if you've ever been, uh, you go on like a Friday night or something, and they've got this big net in the middle of the floor, right, and in the net is just tons of balloons, you know what I'm saying, and it's like, it's like at some point in the night, at the peak of the party, right, someone's going to pull that string, and those balloons are going to come down, and like, you want to be on the skate floor when those balloons go down, you know what I'm saying, like, that is like the eschatological climax of, right, our second fold hope, right? That someone pulls that string and the balloons come down and Jesus is like, hit it, boys! And like, whoop, there it is, comes on. And the whole thing is just like, we did it. And uh, yeah, so our hope is twofold this morning. I think uh, November 20th, 2022, right, what does it mean for Christ to be king today and tomorrow? So uh, we're reading one of my favorite scriptures this morning out of Colossians. And I have about like three different sermons from this, uh, from this passage. So I'm going to resist preaching them all and stick to just uh, the one for this morning. 
but because it's just so good and there's so much going on here. Uh, so I'm going to read, uh, we're starting at verse 11 out of Colossians. Paul writes, May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from this glorious power so that you may have all endurance and patience joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might have come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace with the blood of his cross. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? <laughs> Help me. So I love this passage. There's so much going on here. I mean, you're like, Paul was on fire. Uh, and uh, and I, and I love digging deep in this because there's so much going on. And if you notice, like, the, all the, the tenses and the past tense, right? He has rescued. He has transferred us into this kingdom, right? It's not like, it's not like we're in the process of, of being transferred. It's not what we're transferring. It's not like we're on layaway until there's enough money, you know? It's not like, uh, right? It's, like, it's not like that notification that we all get. It's like pending charges, uh, right? Did it, did it go through? I'm not sure. Like transferred. So there's an there's a already doneness, okay, to what's going on here uh, in the scripture theologically, uh, and, and, and so you kind of have to hold that. But then there's also this sense of like scope. There's a scopeness, uh, to it, right? Jesus as the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things in heaven and on earth, uh, things visible and invisible, uh, right? Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. And then it says, verse 17, he himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together, right? Isn't that like, whew, we could just read that a couple more times and I'll sit down, but I won't. Jesus Christ is the unifying peace of all creation, right? Life, existence. What does it mean that Jesus is holding all of these things together, right? You know that image of the cornerstone that people always talk about, right? That, that you can build this archway. Where did I see this recently? Someone had done one of these, right? And then, oh, it was out at, yeah, it was out at the rabbit room out at uh, Andrew Peterson's place, and he built this, this, like, walk-through stone archway, right? And it's like that, that capstone, that cornerstone, you pull that thing out, right? And the whole thing goes, because how do you do that? Anyway, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's like that. So, and, and then finally, that there's this redemptive work. It says, on earth, uh, 
and heaven that God is doing even through the cross. And so, man, you kind of have to, right, this passage alone wants to blur the lines, right, between space and time, uh, right, and, and means of knowing, right, and bend them around the living Jesus Christ. So again, we ask on Christ the King Sunday, where is all this going, right? And in some regards, it's like a, there's an there's a already witness to it, uh, right, sort of. It's like, where's this all this going? It's like, well, kind of already went, uh, right, in, in some respect, uh, and also yet to come. It's like you ask, it's like you ask where, where is this going? And then you sort of just hear the answer, and it's just like, yes. <laughs> yes. Where? Yes. You ever wonder, um, you ever wonder where we get our notions and our ideas about heaven? And... Um, you know, we, 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 we get really stuck, don't we, talking about heaven as this place that we go after we die and, and that whole conversation, and it's, it's a good conversation to have. Uh, but the way that we talk about it, obviously, a lot is that, um, right, that, that, that earth is this thing that's just going to get discarded, and heaven's like this thing that God pulls out, and he's like, this is where you're going now. And, uh, and I know we've talked about that quite a bit um, here um, but if you take a closer look at Scripture, right, about heaven and earth, you realize that these things are uh, tethered together, uh, right? That they are, they are sort of two sides of the uh, same coin. Because the very first verse of the Bible says, anybody? In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, OMG, Right? It's like we think about creation, we think about Genesis 1, and you think about God creating uh, earth and all the things down here. Six, six days of doing things here on earth, right? But the very first verse says God created in the beginning when God created heavens and earth, uh, right? And if you look even further in the scripture, right, in the Hebrews, uh, Shamayim, right? Look at somebody and say, Shamayim. You guys are going to have to get some more coffee. Shamayim, right? That's the Hebrew word for heaven. But just like all the other good things and times we talk about uh, Hebrew words in here, the lines are just kind of blurred, aren't they? Because it means heaven. We translate, you see Shamayim in, in the Old Testament, right? You're going to see heaven. Or you could see sky. Or it could mean air, right? And so you get this sort of already, there's sort of like, okay, when God created uh, when God created the heavens and the earth, right? So is, is heaven something so separate from earth? No, it, it would seem not, right? Again and again we find in Scripture that, that heaven and earth are existing in tandem, right? And you get even through the Psalms and the way that we talk about God, right? Psalm, Psalm 121, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Psalm 124, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth, right? Psalm 134, may the Lord bless you from Zion who made heaven and earth. You guys are with me. You guys are like, he's preaching today, gosh. Thought we we're going to get away with a devotion. Uh, heaven and earth, right? Heaven and earth, heaven and earth are 
Uh, heaven and earth are from the same parents. Heaven and earth have to share the same bedroom. They go to holidays together. Grandma knits the, both of them sweaters. They have to wear them, right? Heaven and earth are part of the same family, right? Heaven and earth. So this last week, right, I'm in California for a few days, and I'm staying at this hotel, and what do you do on like that third night of the hotel when you're like, I'm so bored right now, <laughs> and you turn on the TV, and you're just scrolling. You only ever do this in hotel stays, right? You, like scroll a channel, and, uh, and of course, uh, as I was hoping, I found a movie that I had never heard of, never seen, and, but somehow because Matt Damon was in it, and I was like, okay, this is exciting, uh, for like two seconds, and then Greg Kinner was in it, and they are twins that are joined at the hip. Am I, am I seeing this movie? I was like, what is this movie? <laughs> and this was like circa 2002 or, or, or something. And, uh, and, I, and I can't even remember what it was, what it was called. I, I looked it up later. But it was like, it was like Matt Damon and Greg Kinner are conjoined twins at the hip. And they are like short order cooks at Martha's Vineyard. And uh, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> and, but one of them wants to be an actor. So they move their bodies to, to Hollywood. Uh, to like, I don't know how to mean that. Like, and, uh, and spoiler alert, right? They, uh, they, they end up having surgery. Uh, and they're surgically removed. And so by the end of the movie, right, they're trying, they're exploring for the first time in their lives, like at age 30-something, right, uh, living separately, which is kind of fascinating. That's kind of what we've done uh, with heaven and earth, right? We've sort of like tried to surgically remove them and let them live their own separate lives, um, right? But that, that's, that's, uh, that's not really what happens, right? Because... Um, yeah, we, we forget that, that heaven and earth came from the same womb, right? And this continues on, right, because Jesus teaches us how to pray, and he says what? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? It's all over the place. My personal favorite, Matthew 10, 7. It's like uh, Jesus is sending out his disciples in two, and he's like, go heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and as you go, announce the kingdom of heaven has come near, right? Near what? Earth, uh, right? It's all over the place. And then, of course, fast forward to the end of the Bible, right? And you find that heaven and earth are, are getting an extreme home makeover, right? And all things are being made new. Uh, a couple weeks ago at our life group, we had a great conversation talking about ghosts and dead people and stuff like you do. And uh, it was wonderful. And it got me thinking about, I was sharing about this show on Netflix. I think maybe I've even mentioned once before. It's called Life After Death with Tyler Henry, who's this like famous medium, uh, right, where he sits there with you. He's never met you before. And he, he walks in the room and like say you're meeting with him. And he uh, is basically channeling people who are there but not there who have something to say to you. It's a very powerful show, and you can believe what you want about it, but it's on Netflix, so shameless plug. And I'm going to hopefully get some money for that. And um, yeah, it's like, it's like that sort of conversation. It's like, who's moving the Ouija board needle right now? Uh, it's not me, and uh, you know, I won't do it. I won't, I won't do it. You know, I've seen too many bad movies. 
Yeah, that, that sort of layer between heaven and earth and this life and that life. Um, you know, I, I shared this story in Life Group about uh, when my great-grandfather passed away. This is in 1988. And um, my grand, his daughter, uh, was very distraught. And uh, she, she told the story many times, right? I, we, we all lived in the same house at that point. And uh, <clears throat> she... She said that one evening that he just appeared there in the, in the doorway by the front door and, and told her that everything was good and everything was good. And then unappeared, disappeared. And, and after that, she just had this, obviously, this crazy sense of peace over all that. She's just it's like, what is this layer? What is this thin layer? here, right? Um, it's hard to know if it's fortunate or unfortunate to be in the same room with someone when they take their last, you know, breaths on earth. And, and uh, you know, I was, when, when his wife passed away, my great-grandmother, I remember I being in the hospital room and, and then just a, uh, in 2018, I was, uh, I was there with, with Wendell, Grant's husband, uh, you know, literally reading the 23rd Psalm to him as he passed, passed on. And then um, in January of this year, right, you, uh, I know you guys are familiar with that my, that my grand passed away, and I remember being in the hospital room with her, and it was just her and I, and, and, and she's not, you know, she's unconscious at that point from everything that we can tell, but... There's just this this moment, right, where like there's a cross there's a crossing of, of thresholds that you know that, that she is stepping out of this room and into this next room. And I and I tell you guys, when I left that hospital room that afternoon, like there was this like I've never like that room just felt so uh, empty. It was like there was, there was no one uh, in that room anymore. And it's hard to even put, it's hard to even put words to it. Uh, there's a Celtic poet named uh, John O'Donohue who talks, uh, has a lot of great stuff, but he talks about, he talks about thresholds uh, and, and things like that. And uh, right, that, that marks time and space is sort of on the doorstep between heaven and earth. Uh, right, I know we talk about thin places sometimes, and uh, right, but he uh, he likens thresholds that that can happen in, in places like that, maybe in hospital rooms, but even beginnings or states of the heart or in in places of desire, right, or homecomings, right. But if you actually go back to the etymology of threshold, right, it comes from this word thrashing, which means it's it's what we do when we separate, right, the grain from the wheat. Uh, this, this idea that for a moment that, that we're sort of between these places or can see it as a whole even as, as it is becoming pieces, right? Uh, and so we're always trying to make, obviously, divisions between the visible and the invisible because there sort of naturally happens. But he writes, John O'Donohue writes, he says, or he, he said, this was an interview with him actually, he said, the, the visible world is the first shoreline of the invisible world. And the same way, I believe, with the body and the soul. 
that actually the body is in the soul. In some way, the poignance of a human being is that you are the place where the invisible becomes visible and expressive in some way. <laughs> so good, isn't it? Uh, actually, in life group this week, we were talking about, it's really good, uh, we were talking about phoning God <laughs> and uh, right, prayer, right? And, uh, and often when we pray, we hope that it's kind of a thin place experience, but I think often it can feel sort of thick, can it? It can feel like, you know, God's like sending you to voicemail and, uh, you know, it's like, and we're on the other line, we're like, God, pick up! Pick up God, uh, you know, it's like, God, I know you're there, you know, and then, then eventually it's just kind of like, God, uh, you know, and we just, right? It's kind of hard sometimes, and I, and I think that the temptation is that we live our lives sometimes believing that there is no connection between here and here, that, that, that what happens here doesn't really affect what happens here here, right? And, and, that, and that it's sort of despairing, uh, right, between that, that, that it doesn't feel like there's much connection between our life and God's life and heaven and earth and, um, right, my, my laundry and eternity and that, that this doesn't really feel like it matters much. And, uh, and so I think this morning, what does it mean that, that you and I get to be a part of something uh, that Jesus is doing in the world that's bringing these things closer together, right? That, that we get the opportunity this morning to pull a string. That we get the opportunity this morning to be like the cool kids who don't just skate with the inline skates, but have the, you know, have you seen, like, we got the four wheels, and we're just cruising, and you get to sort of skate under that net and pull a string, right? And bring one of those balloons down and bring a little bit of that eschatological party of where this whole thing is going to earth, right? What does it mean this morning that you and I have this really awesome, glorious, grateful, gracious, amazing opportunity to pull a string? to pull a little bit of heaven down to earth and to see that this thing wants to come closer to this other thing in this grand sort of coming together of heaven and earth, right? Of where all of this is ultimately going and coming together because when that occurs, right, that's how we'll know, uh, right? It's like when, when we finally find ourselves uh, in that place with our resurrected body, in the presence of the, the resurrected body of the living Christ uh, this morning, all things, right, will be disclosed, it says. Everything will be made known, right? All that's there. And so in this meantime, in this meantime place, in this threshold places that we exist, what does it mean for us to, to pull a string this morning, Right? Those moments and those opportunities that we have that feel maybe incredibly mundane, right? Maybe it's just caring for children. Maybe, maybe it's embracing a friend, right? Someone who's lonely, that neighbor over for dinner, right? It could be all of these little things and that all of these little things matter. And I think that's what we find in the arc of Scripture, right? With every tree that we plant, every prayer that we pray uh, this morning that we pull a string and bring heaven to earth with each little 
thread, right, until Jesus skates by and just pulls the whole thing down, right, and jock jams hits on, and then it's like the spirit's like up in the box, and he's like, let's, you know, and then we just, the whole thing, right, that we get to participate in that. So I want to close this morning. Remember, the kids are coming back in a second, but I want to close this morning. There's a, there's a, a poem by Kay Ryan, and uh, it's in your handout, but I wanted to read this for you because I, I just thought this, was, this really sums it up really well. She writes, Is it vision or the lack that brings me back to the principle of least action? By which in one branch of rabbinical thought the world might become the kingdom of peace, not through the tumult and destruction necessary for a new start, but by adjusting little parts a little bit, turning a cup a quarter inch or scooting up a bench. It takes an incremental resurrection, a radiant body puzzled out through tinkering with the fit of what's available, as though what is is right already but askew. It is tempting for any person who would like to love what she can do. Beautiful. Let me pray for us. Lord God, we give you thanks this morning for um, this Christ the King Sunday, God, and to let our imaginations play about what it means to uh, see your kingdom fully set up shop here on earth, uh, Lord but not as something that is futuristic, but something that is present and actively a part of who we are and and what we're doing here. And so we give you thanks this morning in your name. Amen.